Palm Tree is hiring now for consulting roles across its U.S. offices. You can apply at palmtreellc.com or through the link in the show notes. But why should you care? Palm Tree is a premier M&A consulting and advisory firm that sits at the intersection of strategy, finance, and analytics. The firm looks like a traditional consulting firm from the outside, but it's much more than that, functioning as a one-stop shop to support private equity clients. Palm Tree focuses exclusively on mergers and acquisitions and the private equity investment lifecycle, transactions, transitions, and transformations of businesses. Sound exciting? To learn about open roles and to apply, click the link in the show notes or go to palmtreellc.com. Consulting recruiting season is upon us. So I recently sat down with Keith Bevins, a Bain partner and the firm's head of global consultant recruiting. We talked about the changes afoot in the consulting industry and at Bain specifically, Bain's hiring targets and timelines for this year's recruiting season, how to stand out in the Bain process, interviews, and so much more. You're gonna wanna grab a pen and a notepad and listen intently as we talk all about how to navigate this year's intense and competitive consulting recruiting season. Let's dive right in. So Keith, thanks so much for joining us today. We're thrilled to have you back. I feel like I have to send you a certificate because you are the first repeat guest that we've had on a live call and that we've had on our Strategy Simplified podcast. So first of all, congratulations. Biggest honor of your career, I know. Uh, but for those of, those of our, our community who may not be familiar with you, can you just share a little bit about who you are and why you're here today? Sure. Um, that's a very deep philosophical question on the back end, but maybe we'll start with, we'll keep it more practical. Um, so uh, first of all, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, uh, depending on where people are in the world. I see a lot of people online. Uh, my name is Keith Bevins. I'm a partner in Bain Chicago office. And, and as Naaman said, I lead global consultant recruiting for Bain. Just background wise, you can see a lot about my background sort of frankly on LinkedIn, but I have two engineering degrees from MIT in electrical engineering. Uh, somewhere along the way, I decided that I'd be better a better fit for running an engineering company than being an engineer. Uh, and so I was looking to go the business route and ended up joining Bain after my master's degree. I did four years at Bain and then went back to Harvard for my business degree and rejoined Bain in 2002. Uh, we just had our 20th uh, reunion uh, at HBS. Uh, in 2008, I was promoted to partner. Uh, and then in 2013, I left the partnership and left the client side of the business to head up global consultant recruiting for the firm. So everyone at the consultant level, which is the post MBA level, but includes PhDs, it includes working professionals uh, and a lot of other parts of Bain's talent acquisition engine uh, I support through my servant leadership role at Bain. Uh, outside of work, I like to say sort of beyond LinkedIn, uh, I have two boys both in college now. One is a rising senior, also an engineer like uh, both of his parents. Uh, and the other one is probably gonna major in economics as a rising sophomore. And uh, my wife and I have been married for 24 years. Uh, I'm in Chicago uh, for the last 26 years since I joined Bain, but uh, born and raised in the Jersey Shore, which I didn't claim for a long time. I used to say in the middle by the water, uh, but it's back and I'm going to claim it. And I'm from the Jersey Shore and I'm proud. It's in vogue again. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I love it, Keith. So you, you've just done a few things throughout your career. That's it. So <laughs> That's fine. I took one job and never left. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to make a statement here, Keith. It's going to be broad. We're going to take a 30,000 foot view of the, the industry sure. in Bain first, and then we'll, we'll double click into a few things. I'm going to make a statement, just ask you to respond to it. Okay. So, Let's have it. The state of the consulting industry, question mark. Go. 
Very robust, very strong. Uh, we are very optimistic about the industry. I think like a lot of things, uh, technology, innovation, disruption, um, uh, data availability, data analytic capability, um, and just information sharing, information overload has has transformed the industry in a lot of ways. You know, even I, I think people tend to think about that over the last maybe two or three years. My gosh, you know, the pandemic and all this other stuff has changed things. But if I look over the longer arc of my career, back at the beginning, the challenge was finding the data. If you could find the data, you were the hero. You know, there was no Google when I started, right? And, and so. In some ways, it was finding a needle in a haystack. And for the last decade or so, it's definitely been finding the right needle in a stack of needles. Because in you know under a second, Google will return 10,000 results for what I was looking for. I have to find out which one is right. And oftentimes, there's conflicting data. Um, and so the capability and the skills that are required to, to parse through all of that and be discerning with the data is what's really changed, what's really made consulting, I think, a lot more exciting because it requires really deep expertise in analytics and data science uh, in design. You know, as an AC, when I was at Bain, and even when I was a consultant at Bain, we'd leave the clients behind with a, a well-formatted, oftentimes locked spreadsheet so they couldn't break the tool. Bain now leaves you know, client teams behind with an app that integrates with their enterprise systems and that they can monitor their supply chain in real time from their phones 24 seven as an executive team. That means we need app developers. That means we need to, you know, integration experts. That can, so the state of the industry, I, I think, is actually quite exciting when you look at how technology is really shaping it. Um, and and in terms of the underlying business fundamentals itself, um, it's quite strong. So if there's this diversity of talent and background that's that's now needed at at Bain and consulting overall, I would take it to mean that you're looking for folks from more diverse backgrounds than just consulting is traditionally known for. You know, it, it is interesting because I I think that. The, the background piece for Bain has always been very diverse. You know, when I joined, I had, you know, a master's in engineering. In my immediate bay, the other six people, you know, one was undergraduate uh, MMSS, I think, from, uh, from Northwestern, you know, so like statistical analysis and marketing, all that stuff. There was a government major in my bay, and I'm not even still sure exactly what that was. Uh, you know, there were undergraduate business majors. We had liberal arts majors. So the background diversity, even in the, even, you know, decades ago, was quite similar. And what's different now is the diversity of backgrounds is also leading to a diversity of roles because you can have an MBA and want to be a consultant at Bain, which is great, but you might have an MBA and want to work on our M&A team. You know, we've done almost 20 acquisitions in the last three years as a firm, bringing in different capabilities and, and different um, expertise into the firm, which means we have an M&A team like uh, like a, a more traditional company would have an M&A team. You might have an MBA and decide you want to work in our finance department. You might have you know, an engineering degree like me and want to be a consultant, but you might want to be an engineer on, on our app development team and in our innovation and design groups. And so the diversity of destinations is probably the thing that's most different, but also creates a lot of really neat opportunities for people because they sort of think of Bain as just a consulting firm, just hiring consultants. But the truth is, you know, we're a multi-billion dollar multinational company with offices in 65 different markets, and we're hiring a lot of people just like a lot of companies are. They're all in support of our mission to drive impact at our clients, because we. but at the end of the day, we're still a company, and, and we have all of the functions that any company would have. 
That M&A piece is interesting to me, Keith. I was just reading up a little bit before our conversation today, and I know that Bain's recently acquired, I think it's Proxima Procurement mm-hmm. Consultancy based in yep. the UK and also active in the US. You've acquired, I think it's Arc Blue in Australia, also procurement focused. And so outside of procurement, what are some other sectors that you feel like Bain's going to see outsized growth in here in the next three to five years? Yeah, you know, there's the businesses we've looked over the last couple of cycles, uh, and I'll say cycles because you know, we could say monthly, quarterly, annually. Um, the business is actually growing in all dimensions, which I think most people hear that and they go, no, seriously, which one, you know, which one do I want to put on my resume? Because that's where you're hiring. And the truth is that in every geography and every one of our practice areas, so industry areas and capability areas. So you have the way, one way to divide up the world on the consulting side is to say, well, what industry are you affiliated with? But there's also capability. And, you know, that might be performance improvement. That might be strategy. That might be customer experience, right? There's, there's a lot of capabilities. At every cell of that matrix, we've seen robust growth in the business in every geography. Um, when you think about M&A, uh, you know, we are adding scale uh, and, and, and some of our some of our areas, like you mentioned, the two procurement focused um, acquisitions that we've made. But we've also made investments in acquisition in other areas that extend the scope, like thinking about tech economy, which brings you know tech due diligence to our private equity consulting business, which is far and away the leader in the space consulting to private equity firms, we now have the capability, even an even stronger capability to look at the, the tech infrastructure at the assets that are in play. You know, is there cybersecurity up to speed? Is there a business continuity plan where it needs to be? Is the underlying infrastructure there to support the growth that's part of the deal thesis? We, you know, we acquired OpEx Engine, which brings benchmarks that nobody else has in-house. We acquired Spike down in South America, which brings you know deep analytics capability um, in specific areas into that into house as well. So we're seeing a lot of really exciting growth. But what that means is for Bain, you're you're not just looking at the traditional core consulting skill set, pure strategy. Uh, that might be your focus as a consultant, but you're getting a lot of exposure to best in class capabilities in all of these other areas when you work at Bain, which is also really neat. Um, you know, they're not like way over there and you hear about them. They're actually a lot of times integrated onto our case teams, which is really neat. That's really exciting. It yeah. seems like it seems like the pandemic's been a catalyst for this MA activity. Uh, <laughs> what what else has changed over the last three-ish years, uh, just as far as how Bain operates <laughs> and, and what's new at the firm that from that folks may not really know about? Yeah, so I'm, it's funny you say that. You know, I'm taking this call from uh, my old stomping grounds in Boston uh, at a hotel that I used to be at monthly, and this is my first time here in two and a half years. <laughs> so, so what's changed is I'm back on a plane a little bit, uh, just for first trip internally. But you know, over the last three years, I would say that we were already on a path to using technology to enable, and I'll talk about it from a recruiting perspective. But we've been, you know, we were already on a path to using technology to drive. Um, to drive some of the, the knowledge sharing, connectivity and information sharing, relationship building with the audience that's out there interested in working at Bain anywhere in the world. We were already on that path. Um, you know, organizations like Management Consultative, but all of the online forums, you know, make information available earlier as soon as people want it. You know, in the past, you wouldn't know much about any company until they came to the career day on campus and gave you, you know, a punishing PowerPoint presentation for an hour. And now we're finding, and we were finding before COVID, that people were getting admitted to business school in March and reaching out to us on LinkedIn in April to hear what we did and what we were about. And so right now we're actually in the middle of a program we call Experience Bain, which is for incoming MBA students to learn about what we do. 
And we do a lot more programming earlier. And I, I say that COVID has helped in that we, in a weird way because it's given us more permission to do things online, which allows the information sharing uh, to just you know grow exponentially. Uh, and so that when we are in person and we do come to campus and we do you know, coffee chats or, or other events that we're doing, we can focus on sort of the second and third order questions. We don't have to get into what is consulting and what practice areas do you have and where are your offices. Um, and COVID has really accelerated that. It's also given us permission to do a lot more, like I said, online. I don't think students at the end of, you know, the pandemics are still saying, well, you know, if you didn't come to campus and, and you know, sit there in front of the, on the stage with a projector and, and share slides, you don't care about my school. That's not really, that's not really a thing anymore. So you're running experience Bain right now for, for pre-MBAs, I'll call yes. them. Yes. Uh, so who else are you recruiting, right? Like part-time MBAs, PhDs, <clears throat> and other advanced degree candidates. Who's eligible for a consulting role at Bain? Yes, and yes, and yes. The um, you know experience bane is something specific for MBA students um, because we do know that they're interested uh, and often eager and and honestly we want to make it as easy as possible for them when they get to campus to use their time wisely, right? And if they can sort of sort through and rule things out or rule things in before they even get to campus, they can be much more focused when they are going through the process on campus, which should give them more time to experience what it's like to be in business school. And to spend time with a club and to spend time with friends and travel and do all the things that people do in business school, because they, they're not sort of trying to recruit for the entire universe of options that are out there. So the, that's experience, Bain. You know, part-time MBAs is an interesting one. Um, we've had an effort in place. I, I have a, a, a part of my team right now that has been in place for at least five years, if not longer, focused on recruiting from part-time MBA programs. Uh, we know there's a lot of really great talent in those programs, they've historically had a difficult time plugging into the full-time programs recruiting process. And so um, I, what a lot of students do, which they don't need to for us, is try and sync up their, their end date with the full-time programs. You know, so a disproportionate number of the part-time students graduate in June, miraculously, right? But the truth is we're hiring year round. Um, and so we want to talk to those students wherever they are in their process. If they graduate in December, great. We have start dates in the first quarter. If you graduate at the end of the summer, great. We can bring you on in the fall. Um, so we know there's a lot of part-time MBA students that are interested, and, we, and we'd be happy to talk with them and, and continue growing that pipeline. Advanced degrees is something that Bain does hire a lot of. Um, a lot of them come through campus, but the majority of them come through a program we call Advantage. Uh, and we've been running Advantage for several years now. It went virtual for a few, but we're back. Um, but it gives them a, a unique window and opportunity to learn about Bain. They apply for the program. Uh, it's grown every year that we've had it, and we're really thrilled with the outcomes. But they basically, I'm going to play a little loose. My team will, will probably send me an email after this. But they basically go through two days of training uh, and then two days on a mini case assignment. Uh, and then a day of sort of debriefing, presenting what they worked on. And, and, and a lot of them have the opportunity to interview at the end of that week and get, get the full-time offer coming out of that. Um, that's a really neat way for advanced degrees to experience what it is like to work at Bain. So they're getting to know us, we're getting to know them in a way that's different than just coming to a presentation, looking at some PowerPoint and doing a case interview. You know, we actually, we both get to sort of get some live action in. Experiential wins the day every time, I think. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and experience Bain is, is an uh, experience Bain, I'm sorry, advantage is an excellent opportunity for advanced degree candidates to do that. You know, the other pool that, that 
I, I don't remember now if it was in your question or not, is just industry hiring or lateral hiring experienced professionals. Um, we are hiring them. We've always been hiring them at scale, um, you know, in Europe and in APAC. Um, uh, I think in North America, we've seen a strong demand from the business to find even more people that are working professionals that want to. What's been interesting for me and the team, you know, some of these people we met on campus, maybe they didn't get through our process, maybe they opted out of the process because, you know, depending on where you were coming out of school, you thought you were going to be a dot-com millionaire. Um, but we're also finding people that are that are new to Bain. Uh, and a lot of them went to MBA schools and wanted to do something different, which was great. Um, but not everybody that's coming in laterally even has an MBA. Uh, they just have great work experience. There's a lot of really talented people out there, and we're really excited when they when they you know choose to come here and and learn more about us and engage in our process. Keith, you're busting a lot of myths right now, which I love. I know. We get, I we know. Get, we get hundreds of emails that? a week asking us that same question, but now it's not me telling you; it's the head of global consultant recruiting telling you the same thing. So. They, they debate they debate this with me on the Reddit forums, and I'm like, no, seriously, I would know. <laughs> if anyone would, right? Right, <laughs> you would think. So I don't want to get you in trouble with your team, Keith, but I, I do have to ask you, okay. right? So you said the state of the industry is strong. It seems like Bain is growing right up and to the right. Does that mean that that there's gonna, we're going to see more robust hiring this year than we've ever seen before? Can you talk to us a little bit about your hiring targets yeah. and just what those look like? Yeah, so it is interesting because I, I think people, you know, there are several industries where depending on the economy, things tighten up really quick. Right. And and so they're sort of, you know, they, I don't think they everybody realized, you know, Dow Jones is 30 stocks, but the Dow Jones plummets and everybody thinks, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose the offer that I have. That's not, that's not how it works. So I think for people that are new to the industry, we're a strategy firm. We're thinking about things on a multi-year basis. Right. And and I've now been here, depending on where we go this year, you know, it'll be my third or fourth, you know, major economic downturn. I was here for the dot-com bust, the housing bust, the last financial crisis, COVID. And every time we've had a downturn that was sort of catastrophic, our business has come back stronger on the back end of that than it was heading into it. And our business has been strong the entire time I've been here, right? What that means, though, is that when you come out of those downturns, you actually need capacity to do that. And you know, with all due respect to other industries, these aren't the types of roles where I can just say, we need people tomorrow, get them in here because we have a team for them next week, right? They actually have to be experienced. They have to know what they're doing. So, you know, and, and a little bit, I like to sort of joke around a little bit and use like a high school metaphor, you know, like I have first year consultants, but I need second year consultants on the team and I need third year consultants or managers on that team. And so just because one year might be down a little bit, you know, I can't have a high school with no second year students in it. So when you think about things more strategically, let's, let's say we're a strategy firm, right? We tend to hire through the downturn because we're thinking about what it'll look like in the longer term and what, the, what we'll need in the future when the, when the immediate crisis ends. So to answer your question directly, yes, uh, we will see more hiring this year than we've ever seen. Um, in fact, it will probably accelerate even over what it's been during my tenure and nine years into this role. Um, our, our, our hiring needs are stronger than I've ever seen them. Uh, and that includes beyond just the associate consultant and consultant roles. Um, if you have a background um, in any of those areas, whether it's data science, innovation, if you have an interest in some of our business function roles, there's a, an awesome team here that wants to talk to you about that as well. Um, but we will go to campus. We once again, I say it every year. Uh, it's funny you said people don't believe. 
We have our largest intern class that we've had at Bain ever again this year. And our full-time class this year will be Bain's largest full-time class. And that's what we're planning for next year as well. I love it. You're just busting bits all over the place. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Um, but, but there's a lot of really great people out there, and I hope that is encouraging because I, I do think that some people opt out. It is a competitive process, and you do have to prepare. You do have to invest in the process, but we're only limited by the number of great people we can find. Absolutely. Yeah. So my my spin on what Keith just said is it seems like consultant hiring, at least at Bain, is somewhat recession-proof. So <laughs> it is, you know, the, the, you know, during recessions and I'll speak for us, I won't speak for other consulting firms and other businesses, but you know, the nature of the work might change a little bit. And I, I don't, I also don't know that everybody who's relatively new to the industry thinks about it that way. But when, when times are, when, when the business is booming, then you have to be smart about where you invest your capital and where you grow and whether or not it's a good time to launch a new product. But when times get tough and you need to pull back, you need to think about what are the acceptable sacrifices to make without mortgaging the long-term future of the business. Both of those are very strategic questions that you can use outside help on. One is because things are so great, you don't know where to go. And other things are, you know, things are so tough, but you're not sure what to slow down on. Um, and so in some ways it is recession-proof, but the nature of the work changes, but the demand for Bain doesn't. Absolutely. Bear, bear market or bull, there's a use case for, for consulting. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. So you mentioned in, in your previous answer, Keith, right? Hey, even if you're not interested in client-facing or consulting roles, our team would love to talk to you. So can you talk to us a little bit about the non-consulting roles that are available at Bain and what those look like and who's eligible? Yeah, so there is the, the full range. So we are finding, um, you know, so we, we have, uh, you know, if you think about, the, we call them business functions, but if you think about, you know, we have a marketing team, we have a talent acquisition team, we have an HR team, a legal team, but we also have, you know, a lot of expert professionals, you know, we have data scientists, we have people in our advanced analytics group, we have an innovation and design team at Bain. Um, you know, we have sort of all of these sort of deep expertise, you know, we have app developers and engineers, not just doing client facing work, but we also have them in our own technology services group inside Bain, right? Because we have obviously huge data security, cybersecurity needs as well, and privacy concerns, you know, we're running a lot of large systems, but you know, you might say, well, I, I, I want to be more client facing. I don't want to be an in-house marketing person. Right. Well, you know, we have a digital marketing group that came over when we acquired forward. Um, and, you know, there are people that are building entire careers and deep expertise in the Amazon ecosystem or looking at Google's AdWords systems and, and bringing that expertise to clients when they're launching new businesses or launching new products. And so there's a full range of roles and you can find those roles on our website. Um, but for people who say, you know, I don't know that I want to be a consultant. I want something a little more predictable or a little more stable or for whatever reason, you know, I was a consultant before I went to school and now I'm looking for a change of pace. We have those roles at Bain and I encourage them to just take a look on the, on the site and see what's out there. And are you hiring for those roles year round or the recruiting cycles for those roles? No, those roles are just like what you would expect to see at any company. Um, you know, as the roles come up, they get posted to the website. There's a job spec and, and we go from there. Um, so those are year round and they're global. You know, I think a lot of times people tend to think of, you know, I'm, I'm here in Boston where our headquarters is. They tend to think of us as a, a U.S. firm hiring in the U.S. But the truth is we are in every major market around the world. And these roles actually, in some ways, are geographic independent because you're supporting the case teams and you're part of the case teams. But that doesn't mean you're you're sort of on the team from that office. So a lot of those sort of non-traditional consulting roles 
are sort of more geographically dispersed than, than people would expect. So speaking of recruiting cycles, there are cycles yeah. for, for the client-facing traditional consulting roles. Sure. Sure. And like we mentioned at the top of the call today, for some roles, it seems like there are multiple application deadlines. So, <laughs> so one of the things that, that I've heard is that, hey, right, if you want to maximize your chances of getting an interview, you apply with the first wave of candidates. Right. Is that true? Is that another myth you're going to bust for us? Uh, how does Bain think about that? Like, are you filling spots as you go? <laughs> so, yes, for the most part. Right. So let's let's take apart um, when you think about like the recruiting cycles, let's take the the non-consulting roles out for a second, because those literally are like every other job. There's a spec. You apply to the spec. You know, they get posted as we need them and we fill them as soon as we can. That's a different thing. But there's a lot of them. Okay. For the campus roles, um, you can think about it as associate consultant, which is typically the role we hire out of undergrad. And again, I'll play a little loose with the facts, but you can think about it as consultant, which are the roles we hire from sort of PhD programs or MBA programs. Again, speaking a little general, there are sort of two main on-ramps for those campus populations. One is the internship program, uh, where before your last year of college or your bachelor's degree, you can be an associate consultant intern, and you would intern for 10 weeks and then hopefully get the full-time offer. Um, and for the last couple of years, they've come together. Um, or, you know, in between years at business school, you would interview, be a summer associate, get the full-time offer and decide what you want to do. Those cycles, I will say it like this. The deadlines are very clear on the website. You can think of that as round zero of the interview process. <laughs> can you find the deadline and apply on time? Um, generally speaking for MBAs, the, the, the internship deadline is somewhere in December, usually early December, and we interview in January. And then again, generally speaking for full-time MBAs, it's actually like really early, like late September, early October uh, deadline. Um, and we, but we, we even interview people for full-time earlier than that. Maybe they decided they wanted to do a startup or they were otherwise committed for their summer. So they didn't come through the internship process, but they know they'd like to talk with us full-time. A lot of times we will just talk with them before the second year. So they'll just interview earlier. Um, at the undergraduate level, um, that varies a little bit more depending on the market that your audience is in, but they start, it starts actually quite early. So there are actually interviews happening during the summer before their final year of college, as well as the campus process. Specific to your question, if we can bust myths a little bit, um, again, we're only limited by the number of great people we can find. I think people sort of say, well, I'll apply. It's, uh, you know, it, depending on the on the on the news cycle uh, and, and the rumor mill online on the online forums, if you apply earlier, there's more spots. So you're more likely, but you're also less prepared because we might be your first case interview. But if you apply later, you're going to be a case pro and there's no it doesn't matter. We I think people should give the interviewers. A little bit more credit for understanding where you are in the cycle and being able to calibrate you know, how you do in the interviews in the process. You know, when we talk with people early on in the MBA programs for some reason or another, we know they've only had one semester of class. Like, come on, <laughs> nobody expects somebody who's been working and never went to business school, but has been working for five years and has awesome experience in corporate to case the same way as somebody who's on a campus with 50 people that worked in consulting last year in a management consulting club that meets weekly. We know that. Wait, you guys are robots? What? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Like, you know, we know that we're a strategy firm. We think about this stuff. But I, I, I want people to apply when they feel like they're ready. That's the important part. 
And that's not something that I can say, but it's not something that they should feel like they need to game the system on. We, we do, a, I think, a reasonable job of calibrating. And it's more important that they feel confident and prepared for the interview than they say, well, if I don't apply now, I'm going to miss it. And this is going to be harder. People do the same thing with business school applications. And I don't think they need to. You know, the truth is you should worry about the stuff you control and, and do it when you're ready. Folks, I'll just repeat it for the people in the back. Apply when you're ready. Apply when you're ready. Um, you can only apply once every 12 months, though. There are people who come back like two weeks later and say, okay, so I think I took your feedback. I'm ready again. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to wait for a minute. Uh, so, you know, there are there are a few people who don't interview on campus in the fall. Um, we do see a handful of them come back in the spring and say, hey, I, you know, situations change. And, and, and you know, depending on the, the rationale, we'll talk with them as well. We'll be right back after this quick message from our sponsor. LEK Consulting, a strategy consulting firm with global reach, is hiring now for several roles across functions and geographies. At LEK, you'll find an environment that supercharges professional development and on-the-job learning. You'll gain unparalleled experience due to the rigor and diversity of the work, as well as the support and mentorship you receive along the way. At LEK, you'll work in small project teams on a range of critical problems for your clients, from growth strategy to market entry to post-merger support and more. You'll also develop a comprehensive set of critical business skills, including leadership, analytics, communication, people management, and more. If you're ready to broaden your skill set and deepen your business acumen, consider a career with LEK. Learn about open roles and submit your application now at lek.com or via the link in this episode's show notes. So, okay, Keith, let's say I'm going to transition a little bit from, from application to interview. Sure. So let's say I make it through the rigorous screening and application process, right? I'm like, hey, I've got a first round interview at Bain. This year, what can I expect, right? Virtual interviews, on-site interviews, right? What's coming down the pike at me? So it's a great question. Well, one of the things that we're really proud of uh, that we announced a couple of months ago, I think, that, that we were the first consulting firm to be uh, carbon negative. Um, and so we are also thinking of last year. So we are thinking about our carbon footprint. And it turns out flying hundreds of people, thousands of people around the world to talk with us for 40 minutes at a time is not necessarily environmentally responsible. You don't say. <laughs> right. It's almost like we have, you know, greater goals than just uh, than just you know, what's immediately in front of us. But, you know, kidding aside, um, this year, uh, definitely in North America, we're still working it out um, on some of the other markets globally, uh, North and South America. Um, we're going to, to be flight free in the first round interviews. Um, so I wouldn't say virtual because, of course, you know, I live in Chicago. I live a mile from Booth. It's, you know, four miles from the office. Uh, you know, we can do it on Zoom, but uh, you know, it's not a big deal for you to come downtown. However, we probably wouldn't fly somebody from the East Coast to the West Coast for 90 minutes of interviews. So we're going to try and be flight free this year. But that might mean in person for some and virtual for others. But again, after two years, I think we know how to do virtual interviews. And I think people know how to engage virtually in a way that's, that's fine. Um, so typically, you would expect, um, depending on whether or not it's first and final round or it's two rounds of interviews, um, for first and final, it's going to be three interviews. Um, two of them will probably be cases. One of them will be an experience interview. And we're really just talking about your resume and your background. 
we, we want to hear sort of what makes you tick, what, what things you're proud of, what accomplishments you had, what particular challenges you had that you had to overcome so we can get a sense of how you operate. Um, in the two round format, it's usually two first round cases and then three interviews in the second round. Again, one of them is an experience interview and two of them are cases. Um, the first round isn't harder than the second or the second round is not harder than the first round. The interviewers tend to be more experienced, so people might feel like it's harder, but it, it's not. They're, they're, the cases are the cases. Um, that's typically what you'd expect for consulting jobs. I think. Pretty straightforward. Very straightforward. So you're flight free for recruiting, but obviously you're in Boston right now. Yes. Uh, and so what is Bain doing with this, you know, hybrid work model that we've been reading and hearing so much about, right? Yeah. It, yeah. You know, is that just par for the course now at Bain, right? Is travel a requirement for client facing roles? Yeah. You know, what's expected once, you know, once I join the firm? So one thing that I think is important for people to understand is we've always had a home office model at Bain that we're really proud of. I didn't say local office model. I said home office model, right? I am uh, a two million miler tag on my luggage. Uh, I have been on the plane plenty. But what it means is that at Bain, you join an office. As, as And I'll, again, I'm speaking for consulting staff. But when you join Bain, you join an office. Whenever possible, and I was a staffing manager in our office, whenever possible, we will staff the team out of the office, right? So you, you're a Chicago consultant. You're going to work with a senior manager and associate consultants and other consultants that are from Chicago. Now, that might mean that you're getting on a plane with your Chicago team and flying all over the place like consultants can do sometimes. But what that means and has always meant for us is that we travel when we need to be at the client. Because if there's no meetings on Thursday, we can fly back Wednesday night because we can have the case team meeting in the Chicago office because we're all from the same office. And that's like one of those things with our home office model. I don't think people realize, but when you sort of pick and choose people from different offices, like some other firms do, the only common place that they have is the client. So meetings or no meetings, the only way we're going to be in person is if we're on a, if we're away from home. And again, that doesn't mean we travel less or we travel more. It means we've always traveled when necessary. <laughs> I've had the four day a week travel case and I've had the case where I never really had to go to the client. COVID hasn't changed that. What it has done is gotten our clients more comfortable engaging over Zoom. Right, right. And, and, and what that means is the bar is even higher for when we need to hop on a plane and go to the client. But there's a lot of work, just like there was pre-COVID, where you just got to be there in person. You know, it, like Miro is great, but you need to be at the whiteboard, right? You need to go to the factory floor and see what's happening. There's no substitute for that in some cases, but it's not a default. Um, but I think clients have gotten more comfortable using technology. And one of the one of the, the benefits of, of the last couple of years, there are few, but one of them is that I think people have gotten more comfortable operating in a virtual environment, have gotten more comfortable using Zoom and some of the other tools that are out there to engage. And there's now sort of a generation of people coming off campus that can frankly navigate that hybrid world better than a lot of us that have been working for a long time. Because I watched my sons do it in college with you know, checking every Sunday night, are we in person tomorrow or are we online tomorrow, right? Do I need to be there live or is it gonna be recorded? And that wasn't a thing a couple of years ago. And so there's now this like huge energy of people coming in that can navigate that world. And they're actually teaching some of us about how to do it effectively, which is really awesome. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't overlook the skill set that people have, 
even though they were in kind of a weird two-year experiment when they were in school, some of that stuff is going to stay and they're going to be better at it, more comfortable with it than a lot of us. It's really neat. Absolutely. So how does that play into Bain's broader employee wellness initiatives, right? That's been top of mind for many companies and I'm sure Bain as well. You know, how are you leading the way uh, in the industry in in this particular uh, area? Yeah. So look, one of our operating principles, you know, literally says a Bainy never lets another Bainy fail. Said another way, we actually care about each other. Beyond just what you can bring to my team, I actually care about you as a person and as a human being first. And that's always been first and foremost in Bain. And it's it's like, it's part of who we are as a firm. Um, I'm going to make a shameless plug for another podcast, uh, Beyond the Bio, which is where I spend my time when I'm also on my own podcast. Um, in a recent episode, uh, we're doing a series right now on employee wellness. Um, it's a four-part four part series. Um, part two is with Mackenzie Morrison, who's one of the leaders in an initiative that we call BEST, and it's Balance, Energize, Successful Teams. That is sort of the umbrella thing, the umbrella brand that we use for all of our employee wellness efforts. And it includes inspirational leadership. It includes um, personal capacity. It includes um, you know, a lot of the things that we're doing both on soft skills and thinking about, you know, how can you just navigate life better, but also, you know, like true employee wellness, you know, using meditation, finding access to mental health professionals and things like that. I bring up that podcast episode because Mackenzie gets into detail in that in a way that she will be upset if I butcher all of what she said on there because she's she is clearly an expert in it. And I would encourage people to go back and maybe in the show notes, you could just include a link to it because it, it really does explain it. 2020 accelerated, again, the path that we were already on as a firm because of who we are as a firm. I think the racial unrest that we experienced, the pandemic that we experienced, sort of the turmoil politically um, everywhere in the world put a lot on people. And one of the things that we accelerated, uh, I just referred to it a second ago, was our personal capacity training. We have been rolling out this, this program that we call personal capacity uh, at Bain. And we just, Mackenzie sort of took that and doubled down on it and sort of accelerated, you know, what probably would have been a two-year timeline and said, let's, let's hit go now because people are really, really struggling. And, and one of the things that personally, like at the highest level, it focuses on four pillars, centeredness, physiological well-being, psychological well-being, and then practical, like practicality. I was one of the personal capacity trainers in Chicago. And one of the things that I thought was amazing was we were actually talking about like, are you getting enough sleep and are you getting enough exercise? Are you eating well? Yeah, at work. And I was like, wow, I can't remember, like, why are we talking about this at work? And it was because in order to be like your your best self, you actually have to take care of your physical and psychological and emotional self, not just sit through another training on how to be a better analyst. Um, and Bain has a lot of programs and support in place to do that. So I, I think during the pandemic, we really accelerated that. And we've continued that with, you know, talks and webinars and, and, you know, we have access to meditation apps that are part of our health benefits plan. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we're doing to really support people um, as they navigate things that are really tricky, um, both with themselves and with their loved ones. I love that. Keith, I've saved my hardest hitting question for you for last. Okay. Play we'll it on. A couple of fun questions. Let's so have it. Get ready here. Okay. So, so one of the biggest, you know, stories in the news and, and what's been affecting everyone personally has just been inflation. And yeah. so, right, with, with this inflationary environment we find ourselves in, especially in the U.S., you know, how is that going to impact, you know, starting salaries at Bain for folks that are getting offers this year? It, it, any tea you want to spill regarding salaries and if there are, you know, raises coming? 
Yeah. So what I would say is uh, consulting, uh, consulting is a very lucrative field to be in, you know, and working at Bain and Company is typically one of the uh, more lucrative options that people can consider coming out of school. Um, we deliver tremendous results to our clients because we bring great people and great teams to solve their toughest problems. Hiring great people means you need to pay like you're hiring the best people out there. And we try and do that across the company as best we can, but uh, without foreshadowing and putting numbers on the table, nice try. Um, I will say that we will continue to be one of the leading compensation employers that, that people have when they're coming out of school looking to get into consulting. That's, that's always been the case, and that's not going to be different next year. Okay. Keith, you've got a future in politics if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't go on a 20-minute rant that was totally off topic. That's true. That's right. I do have to give you credit there. But, uh, you know, to be fair to you, uh, Bain does pay incredibly competitive salaries, fantastic benefits package. And, you know, we don't expect that to change uh, anytime. Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, if you want to tie the two together, you know, one of the things that we doubled down on and expanded during COVID was actually the, the, the ergonomic benefit that we provide people. So, you know, people that join Bain um, in, I think, just about every role you know, get a home tech package so that they can set up their home space with, you know, a proper monitor, proper keyboard um, so that they can work from home. But it extended during COVID to, you know, actually we call it like an erg, an erg package, an ergonomics package. But, you know, we have relations with a couple of vendors so they can get a proper chair or proper lighting and, and things like that. Like we're, we're actually thinking about like, how are people getting their work done? And, and it's beyond supporting them. Like, I get it. You're sick. You need some time off. But like really supporting them, like, are you thriving? Right. I don't need you to keep you like just operating on the edge. I want you to thrive. And we realized, especially when we went completely remote in 2020, that not everybody's situation was set up for that. Yes, they had high speed at home, but not for five days a week working at home. They had it for like log in in the evening and do a few things from home. Um, and so, you know, that's where the benefits and the compensation that we're thinking about fits with you know, what's changed during the pandemic under the umbrella of are we doing right by our people? That's why we're the best place to work, because it, it's something that's very important to us. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Keith, I want to ask you a couple personal questions uh -oh. uh, just to get to know you a little bit better. And so okay. the community can get to know you a little bit better. So, you know. What's the favorite book you're reading right now or a show you're streaming, right? You were just on a plane to Boston. You had to have been watching something. Uh, anything that's been capturing your attention? So I'm a, a, a little bit of a, so I can only read one book at a time. So aside from my sort of daily devotions, I, I sort of, I, can, I just, I'm not one of those people who have like six books in progress. I, I just, I don't work like that. And I have to have paper because I, I write when I, people think I'm in school, but I have to write when I read. Uh, right now I'm reading Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, uh, which is about, um, the I'll, I'll say that the tragedy of the relationship the U.S. government had with Native Americans uh, during the during the sort of you know revolutionary period and beyond, um, and it's just an area that was of interest to me. And I figured I don't need to speculate. I listened to the This Land podcast last a couple months ago, which was awesome. Uh, probably get a new episode after the Supreme Court ruling. Um, I think yesterday or last week on Oklahoma, um, and it just piqued an interest in learning a little bit more about it. And so rather than just rely on Twitter, I went and bought a book uh, and actually I'm am, am reading, reading about it. Uh, next up on my list is a book on Paul Lawrence Dunbar, uh, written by a good friend of mine, um, uh, Gene Jarrett, uh, shout out to Gene. Um, but uh, he wrote a book on Paul Lawrence Dunbar. It's the definitive uh, biography on, on Paul Lawrence Dunbar. It's really long and I gave him a hard time because it has no pictures in it. 
but I think I will. Uh, I think I will probably go there next. Uh, we'll see. Okay. Well, I've got a couple of new books to add to my list now, and I think that's just a good rule for for all of us to follow. Right? Get your information from books before you go to Twitter. I like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then tweet about it. Yeah. And then you can tweet and inform tweets. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Keith, thank you so much for joining us today. Your insight's been invaluable. I've really enjoyed our conversation and uh, appreciate your time. No, thank you for having me back. And uh, it's always great to see you too. So thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Strategy Simplified. As always, if you like what you heard, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want help navigating consulting interviews, work with us through our Black Belt program. You can learn more through the link in the show notes. We'll see you next time.